everybody back in your seats. Let's get started. John Curley, Sherry Ellicker Show. Right now, dive it into the news. Did you enjoy my Luke Combs singing? Huh? That was really good. That was really... I mean, John, I don't know why you're doing broadcast radio. I mean, you should be Luke Combs cover Back artist. Guy. That's right. That's uh, my Andy and I, that's our band camp, we call that. Go over to his stinky garage and sing songs. It was like, why do you always pick songs that don't have any drums in it? Uh, Matt Walsh, who uh, is with Daily Wire and came out with this documentary called What is a Woman? And he lives in Tennessee, and he was, I guess he said, hey, I want to testify. You've got this bill down there that is to anybody under the age of 18, you would not be performing um, any sort of surgery on a kid that's saying they're, you know, suffering from um, they're a boy trapped in a girl's body, girl trapped in a boy's body. They're saying they're transgender. So the, the bill mm-hmm. before the Tennessee legislators is to basically say 18 and up. Okay. 18 and under. No, don't. You're not nothing. No hormones. No nothing. Nothing. Right. So, uh, Walsh goes down to talk to them because it was Matt Walsh with what was a woman or what is a woman in his documentary. Also, somebody had sent him a Vanderbilt, uh, university medical this thing that nobody watched but then somebody found it and it was somebody from vanderbilt basically explaining hey these these surgeries for us are a big money maker um uh, to you know remove a perfectly good um male genitalia uh it's like a hundred thousand dollars you make a lot of money with this top surgery bottom surgery so somebody found it and then vanderbilt was like oh well he, he, uh, ooh. So they stopped in October. They said, we're not doing that anymore. No gender affirming care. We're not going to be performing surgery. We're going to be looking into uh, the medical and the rest. So then a couple of members of the uh, the Tennessee um, elected officials decided they would put the bill forward. So Matt Walsh goes and testifies. Can you give us a summary of your educational background or your health care education experience? Mr. Walsh, you recognized my experience in health care. Your educational background. I'm just curious. You 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 you've yeah. testified as to a lot of your own research. So I'm curious for what purpose you do that and what background you have to qualify you to speak to that. Well, my background that qualifies me to speak to this is that I'm a human being with a brain and common sense, and I have a soul. <laughs> and so, therefore, I think it's a really bad idea to chemically castrate children. That is my experience. Um, also, I I did. Now it's true. I didn't I didn't go to college, but I did go to school long enough to learn how to read. So I can read the data for myself, and that's exactly what I've done. Uh, Representative Clements, you're right. And for what purpose do you um, conduct your research and use this brain of yours? Mr. Walsh, you're recognized. I use it for the purpose of trying to protect children from being castrated and mutilated. That's one of the things I try to do. You don't use it Clements. to... Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You don't use it to get clicks on your Let's stay publication? Well, are you using it right now to try to get clicks with this interaction? I I really like the idea of getting uh, of of drawing attention to the fact that this is happening to children. I know you seem to find it very amusing. I don't. uh, Wow. One more little cut here. This is uh, another representative talking to a question. It's really interesting that they don't you're not allowed to answer until you're recognized by the chair there. That's where they do it in Tennessee. We should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at 18. But certainly before 18, it's it's absurd. I mean, do you do you do you think that a 16 year old can meaningfully consent 
to having their body parts removed? Do, do you? No? The reason is a little awkward pause is because you're not, if you're a witness or you're testifying, you're not allowed to ask questions. Mm-hmm. We do not. Yeah, we ask the questions. It's not, it's, uh, okay. Representative Hammer, you're recognized. Yeah, it's, they, don't, they don't want to get into a back and forth. You, they ask you a question, you answer the question, but you got to wait for the next question. Then you answer the question. That's the way it goes. And that, in all of those. Um, <clears throat> so here he is down there basically testifying, Matt Walsh pointing out that you should, and by the way, Vanderbilt, once it became public, that they said, hey, this is a big moneymaker. If we can cut off a boy's genitalia, um, that's a lot of money um, and $100,000 at least. And then when that got public, Vanderbilt came out, as I said before, and they said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're, we're, we're looking into this. And then the American Pediatrics um, Association said, you know, we, we've decided we're going to take a, a, a you know, a, we're going to we're going to pause on this as well. So they're following the lead mm-hmm. of Sweden, the U.K., I don't know, other countries as well, starting to look into maybe it's not the best thing to start a kid on um puberty blockers and cross hormones and maybe it's not the best thing to amputate perfectly good uh body parts so um the best argument i've heard jack is that in like in washington and in tennessee and in most states you have to be at least 18 to get a tattoo sure yeah so then you'd say so what you could do is the kid doctor could say listen we're going to remove your 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 thing to the boy, but then the kid would not be able to tattoo across his forehead. I had my penis removed. Um, <laughs> that's not a very good tattoo, John. I got a lot of tattoos, and I'll tell you that's a that's a pretty bad. You wouldn't idea go that way. Tattoo. Well, you wouldn't be allowed to have a tattoo, um, right? And the reason they say that is because the kid isn't. You know, you're not really fully formed up, but not you're making you know consent. So then they have a bunch of laws. Can't have a gun. You can't drink. You can't drive. I mean, they have laws in place. Because mm-hmm. they feel the person is not emotionally mature enough to make these decisions. I'm okay with no surgeries before 18. I'm not sure how I feel about no Lupron or no no hormone treatment before 18. I, I don't think there's a t- tremendous amount of medical literature, John, that would suggest that for kids with pretty severe gender dysphoria can actually alleviate a lot of the more the sadder parts of of what a child goes through when they're experiencing dysphoria. Now, if you want to reevaluate treatments and things of that nature, I'm totally open to have that conversation. But as far as actually treating gender dysphoric children, I, I if if I had a gender dysphoric child, I would for sure consider Lupron and, and cross sex hormones for sure. So you'd be okay with the fact that by 18 or 24, your child has a bone density that of a 60 or 70 year old woman? Well, they they have drugs to counteract. This this is one of the problems, John, is that they load these kids up on so many drugs because they give them the drugs for osteoporosis. And I, I did yeah. a whole YouTube video about this. I don't remember the the, the name of it, but it it does worry me though, John. You know, it's the thing. I'm very pro trans. I'm very pro. You know, I I I think that the scientific literature is pretty um, well conducted, but it I do I am worried about kids who slip through the system who end up getting surgeries that they later regret or they get on hormones that they later regret 
And I am very concerned about pediatricians or physicians who are really excitable about the idea of, of you know, getting as many trans kids, as much treatment as we can without actually going through a more rigorous process. Like my, my buddy, Dr. Z, as an example, he's a neurologist. Mm-hmm. He won't talk to kids about this unless they've been seeing a therapist for at least two years. And it's a huge team of doctors and physicians. And it's a, it's a big to do. When I read mm-hmm. about what goes on in some states, how some of these kids can go to a single therapy appointment, which is uh, given to them by the attending physician, I go, that doesn't seem appropriate to me. So I think that if you're going to do it, you have to have all these fail safes in line to ensure yeah. that these kids are actually suffering from clinical dysphoria to the mm-hmm. degree at which Lupron and then cross-sex hormones would be appropriate. Mm. Do you think there's yeah. a social media contagion that's happening with this? Yeah, for, to an extent, yes. Uh, I would say, though, that that distracts from the kids that actually do suffer from dysphoria. Like, I, I totally agree that there are probably some individuals out there, I don't know what the percentage would be, that do have kind of, like, the kids call it trendy trans. I do think that that is a thing for sure. But as far mm-hmm. as it being an epidemic of unbelievable proportions, the data just doesn't pan that out considering only 1,400 kids are on Lupron currently in the United States. It's 1,400 kids. So yeah. if you want my guess, you know, is that a, a, a huge social contagion that is taking over the youth and they're transing? All- no, not at all. It sounds to me like there are enough, statistically speaking, that makes sense to me that there would be that percentage of the population that is trans. So would you be okay with a law that stops them from, because the other part of it is when you talk about Lupron, which is a drug given to uh, prisoners to basically medically medically castrate the person. Uh, uh, But it's it's also for endometriosis and prostate cancer and and all this other stuff. I think it's a very low dose, John. It's an incredibly low dose. I got it. But at a really important part of the human development at a very critical stage in the life to yeah. no, 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 these puberty blockers to stop and then you get off it and you can start again. The longitudinal study to support that claim is zero. Five years. <laughs> right, five <laughs> years, right. It's good. <laughs> it's five so, years. Right. So if your kid is on social media and they're feeling awkward and feeling weird and then somebody starts to support them, well, maybe you're trans. You're like, well, yeah, maybe I am because the number of kids that are now saying to be trans has you know increased to the percentage. I don't know. Percentage arguments are always weird, but like 4,000% or something like that. And they yeah, and also the other increase. studies that – Right. So the, the, I forget the professor from Brown that came out. She called it sudden trans dysphoria, which was like all of a sudden, all of you go online and you, and then people, maybe you're, maybe you're trans and you, maybe I am. And yeah. You get all this attention. You get all this sort of everybody's talking about you. It's not enough just to be straight or gay. That's nothing. Bi is really nothing. Then you decide you're going to be something else. You just get more attention on this sort of stuff. So the support, the, the one part of it, the, the people that are pushing on the, the idea of surgery and unproven drugs, they are told, if you're if you don't do this for your kid, your kid's going to kill themselves. If you went mm-hmm. to a doctor 80 years ago and you said, I, I feel like a girl, I'm like a girl trapped in a boy's body. The first thing they would do is probably assuming you're going to get good medical care. They would probably try to treat your brain first. They try to treat the mental aspect of it first. 
to figure out why you feel this way. What is this, right? Right. And then, yeah. it, but now it's like, I'm a girl trapped in a boy's body. Okay, great. Let's cut off your junk. Um, well, well, let's start I mean, you. Let's start you on these drugs. That I mean, right. if somebody has to speak, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that Matt Walsh came out with this because I do believe, and I have a friend of mine who, God, long time ago, got the whole surgery, and, and he. I talked to I talked to him probably two years ago, and of course, this is just the story of this one person, and he says it's the worst thing I ever did. I'm a freak. I'm. I've turned myself into a freak. Oh, that's so, so sad. So there's something See, that, mental. Yeah. There's something mental about it. And by the way, suicide does not decrease necessarily. So some people that do get these surgeries are still struggling mentally because you can take off all these body parts or add body parts, but still mentally, you're still dealing with whatever that thing that is in your head that causes you to feel this way, to feel this way. I would just go ahead. If you want to be an adult, go ahead and do it. Do whatever you want. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. Right. But for the kids, now the reason you want to start the puberty blockers early because it's much easier to then manipulate the genitalia before hitting puberty. It's much it's, that's easier not, to be able. That's actually not true though, John, because like you know that that little the little girl Jazz Jennings. Are you familiar? Yeah. She was on TLC sure. and very popular. Yeah. So they oh, yeah. started her off way, way, way too young, and so by the time that she was ready to have what they call bottom surgery, there's not enough material there for her to actually have a constructed things <laughs> not enough there for them to actually work with it and so one of the problems is i said previously is you have these overzealous physicians who are not necessarily looking at the complex neurobiology of a trans person and the complex neuroanatomy of a trans person and they're just saying well we got to do hormones and we got <laughs> we got to do everything that we can to, to to stop this before it starts and in my mind i think the swedish model or the model they do in the uk of the watchful waiting is much more uh, uh, scientifically sound and and medically ethical, if I can use that phrase, than the idea that we have in the States currently, which is that you have a four or five-year-old child that's exhibiting dysphoria, clinical dysphoria, and you go, we got to get Lupron, <laughs> and we got to get enough mm -hmm. testosterone to, you know, like the, the amount that I take, right? Like, we got to just load mm -hmm. this child up with uh, yeah. enough that a bodybuilder could uh, would be jealous. That I find to be... I, I worry about that, John. You know, it's um, as as a pro trans person, it concerns me that that occurs in the United States. Mm -hmm. So, are you okay with men that believe there are women going into women's locker rooms and undressing? Uh, depends on the level of integration. I'll put that. Like, I don't know, John. I would not trust you in a woman's locker room or myself in a woman's locker room. But yeah, yeah. Uh, for many of my trans friends, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. No issue whatsoever with it. Yeah. Okay for them. How about the woman that's in the locker room? Uh, I've, I've been a fan, John, of this idea of having gender-neutral bathrooms for a long time. And I see nothing wrong with having a third bathroom. I think that that would be fine. I think that if a, if a business did that, it would probably – and they were a pro-trans business and you or a pro-trans gym and you want to have a, a, a gender-neutral bathroom, I think it would gin up business for you and I think it would be great. Do I think it should be mandated? No. But do I think that people should do it? Yeah. I think it would be good. Does a female have the right to shower with only other females, no biological men that identify as women? If she goes to a business where that is the rule, or excuse that. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Jim, where they say we have a pro-trans policy, we're fine with that.
Like I, I'm for volunteerism here, John. So if someone is vol, if they know that that is going to occur, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Bert Bacharach. The moment I wake up, I wake up. Bert Bacharach. John, you have perfect Bert Bacharach passes away. Thank you. Yeah. He um. This is if. My mom was still alive. She would call me. Did you did you hear that guy? You know the guy, the guy that, that sang this, wrote this. He and I'm like, mom, who? He died. The guy, you know, the one that. Boop, 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 boop. My mom, I'm like, mom, what? Huh? I'm like, um, who? And I try to play yeah. again. He wrote that song with. Nah, 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 nah. I'm like, uh, well, <clears throat> well, Bert Bacharach is now in heaven with my mom. That guy mm. had a career from 1950 all the way to 2000. He was still recording. Uh, more than a thousand artists recorded his songs. I was reading about how he used to work and when he would work and how he would create it and stuff. And of all the songs, I mean, he wrote um, uh, so many for Diane Warwick. But um, he said he wasn't until they said, "When did you when did you realize that you had kind of made it?" You know. And he said it was when Miles Davis came up to me. And said, that song, that song, Alfie, that's a good song. And he thought, ooh, I've made it. When Bert, when Miles Davis says that about a, a work uh, that has been done. And he, then he said, and I always liked that song, Alfie. But, you know, to hear from a, a jazz artist. The thing about Bert Bacharach, what he's known for is his very unusual chord prog- progressions, which were more sort of jazz than traditional pop and stuff. So... He used to say that he would be in the studio. He'd have the whole orchestra there. He was working on all these pieces. And he said, all of a sudden, I would just realize, oh, my God, it's coming down to me and the decision to make. Do the strings come in too early? You know, is there too much this or too much that? You know, they're about to press the button to record the whole thing. And he says it would just, he, he, he had to just get out of the room. And he would go down the hallway to the nearest bathroom and just sit on the toilet and put his elbows on his knees and his hands up near his ears and just try in his head just to listen to all of the pieces of the music as to where it should be. And he said, and then he would come out of the bathroom and go back into the, okay, got it. All right. So strings will come in here. We'll bring that in. And then, then I want to hear then the horns and then this, and then that. So it's amazing to see these guys that have uh, uh, such long, uh, lustrous careers. And then when they pass, it's like they leave us with something anyway. Yeah. He also, you know, one of the I think one of the funniest bits ever written is in Austin Powers when, you know, uh, Austin is there's a, the montage of him being, being in the 60s. And then he says, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach. And then Burt Bacharach yeah. appears out of nowhere and starts. I mean, that bit was is a, a classic, classic bit. And, and the, uh, the fact that he was willing to do it and kind of poke fun of himself as being um, kind of an icon from that era, I think, says a lot about the guy as an individual. You know the way of San Jose. Hold on, we've already played that one. This right, but I had my kids. I had my son watch um, uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. He's like, Dad, that movie was so slow. And how about that stupid thing where they're riding around on a bicycle? Yeah, one of the greatest scenes in cinema, man. 
Catherine Ross. Yeah, wow. Name the artist. Who's singing it? Disney. It's VJ Thomas. Oh, okay. Okay, now here's the deep. This is the deep. Um, here's Alfie. So this is his favorite song, Alfie. Um, and my daughter ended up naming a dog after uh, uh, Alfie. I said, oh, that's like from that song, Alfie. She's like, huh? What's it all about, Alfie? Is it just for the moment we live? You know What's this one? it all about no. when you it uh-huh. out, A little offensive. Bands in Alicia's Academy marching band played this. And I'm like, why are we? Uh, we're a marching band. How are we going to march to Alfie? But the nun loved it. <laughs> <laughs> You're marching place. You're marching place. I mean, imagine marching a place. How slowly. Kind of a, it's like a death march. Yeah, kind of a downer. If, if he has not very, yeah. you know. Football, rah, rah, rah. It's kind of a mega downer, if you ask me. I'd, I'd probably leave in <laughs> tears. <laughs> it's, so, it's so strange, this music they made us play. And then we went over to Sacred Heart Academy, the all-girls school. Here we all were mm. nerdy boys going to an all-girls school. We were an all-boys school going over there and playing our music at their field day event. Oh, it's so embarrassing. And the nuns are like, Okay, guys, let's really show them what we've got. And then we replayed Sweet 16. Me come on like a dream. Peaches and cream. You know that song? And I was on the saxophone, B, B flat. So I only had all the harmonies. I was like, wah, wah, wah. And then Ed Scanapico played the drum, the trumpet. And all the girls were like swooning over him because he had all the melody. And I'm like, wah. Oh, no. <laughs> it sounded like exactly. Yeah, come on like a dream. Peaches and green. Went like strawberry wine. You're 16. You're beautiful. This picture like a, picture like a gangly John Curley with a huge, huge saxophone just marching in place. And your mind. That's what it's like. They're like, oh, do we get any melody in here? And then, like, the number be like, all right, saxophones, I want you all to stand up and at, at this, you know, you're to play the next, you know, two or three uh, bars and all the, all the saxophones to stand up. But we didn't have the, we didn't have the melody. We just had the harmonies and we're like standing up. <laughs> My dad was like, play a song. We spent a lot of money on that saxophone. I'm like, all right. <laughs> 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 oh my god just, wait were you just playing a b flat for three minutes? i may not have a c and a d and an e but we never had the we, they never wrote the harp never had the melodies for the sax it was always given to the stupid trumpet players they'd be like ba 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 
I'm in the back home. Womp, womp, womp. I'll never get a girl with the melodies. I mean, the harmonies. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Nate. Sorry you had to hear that. You all right? I enjoyed that, actually. Okay, good, good. And you almost forgot. Is it cocaine pizza? Is there going to be cocaine on the pizza? I forgot to ask that question. Forgot to get that out there. We'll take care of that tomorrow. I think, no, I think I can see her in the back there. Really? You want to ask the lady in the back with the uh, ponytail coming out of the back? Is my pizza going to be covered in cocaine today? Good question. Good question. <laughs> Good question. This is true. This is acceptable. There we go. Hope that helps you out there. All right. Here comes the mailman now. We've got all those letters. The mailman's coming in. Come on in, mailman. Come on in. Yeah. I'm the mailman. As you can see, I'm the mailman. Don't nobody mess with me. I'm the mailman. If you didn't know, I'm the mailman. Bring the mail to your door. Yeah, he does. Mailman brings it to the door and the teeny tiny lady right over there in the pickle jar. She chews the letter of the day. Uh, Jack, say hello to the teeny tiny. Hi, teeny tiny. Teeny? That's oh. Jack. Teeny? Jack, Jack. Teeny? That's Jack. It's not Sherry. It's okay. You can talk to him. Hi. Hi, Teeny. Te- teeny and Sherry don't get along. All right, we'll get to letter oh, okay. of the day first. Yeah, it's not good. But first, we'll take care of all the rest. Jack, you go first. Go ahead. Steve, in regards to Wel- Russell Wilson's charity, United Way gives 17% of all contributions to charity. They were one of the quote-unquote charities that lobbied to get the cost of doing business raised to 83% of income. Russ mm-hmm. is doing better than many. I don't understand. I, I, don't, I can't decipher that. What does that hey, mean? Hey, you're not allowed. Just move on. I see. Okay. Uh, 360. How could you think Russell Wilson's friends and relatives were getting paid by his nonprofit and he didn't know they were? Mm, Sandy, uh, on Richard Sherman's podcast, he asked Marshawn Lynch why he hasn't contacted Russell Wilson because he said that he'd been worried about him. Marshawn said straight up, quote, to talk to him, you have to contact his publicist. It's the same thing with, with John. Every time I want to contact John, I have That's to call true. his go through, go through Morty. Go ahead. <laughs> Beast mode. That says a lot. All right. Uh, uh, should you make your bed if you're worried about bacteria? It was about Chris's, Chris Martin's pajamas, but here we go. Four, two, five. Uh, that is why when you make your bed, before you put the top cover on, you have a can of Lysol and you put a <laughs> spray on that bed like my grandparents used to do when I was a kid back in the late 60s. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bert Bacharach, uh, Brad says, to appreciate Bert B, you have to try to sing the vocal melody to just the music without somebody else singing it. Very unique and complex. Mm-hmm. Mike, I grew up in the 60s and Burt Packerack songs were everywhere. Diana Warwick sang his best songs. Very sad he's passed. He's one of the great ones. Taking acid at clubs instead of drinking. 360 says you're literally dreaming on LSD when you're awake. I know you hold back, Jack. Don't say anything. Mike says <laughs> when I do psychedelics, I always get really bad diarrhea the day after. Learn some economics. wrong drop on my part sorry about that mike (laughs) that's the best drop you've ever done in your life john (laughs) uh lsd does have lingering effects they're all positive it helps to see the truth 
That's why doctors are experimenting with psychedelics and alcoholics because it makes alcoholics fully realize the futility of their actions. Okay, Mike. This oh my God, you. this is just sickening. That's what I meant. All right, Bob Ferguson, <laughs> domestic terrorist. Bob says, uh, this is Bob writing about Bob. Clearly, our esteemed attorney general only considers folks to be radicalized when they're on the conservative, the right side of the aisle. Leftists and liberals are, of course, never radical. Fernando says, you guys hate radicals. You hate anything non-white, Eurocentric, or conservative. Wait, what? I hate anything Eurocentric? What? What? I, I can't question. Sorry, John. I forgot. I'm not allowed to question. Oh, everything I touch gets ruined. That's you. <laughs> Four two five uh, says that's the goal to scare you from talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, two five three says it was the Trump administration that was calling Twitter all the time. That's right, Donald Trump. Four two five. Uh, right after they banned him, they kept calling them. All right, uh, T. <laughs> what do you got? And for now us? it is T? time for the letter of the day. Susan. Thank you, Teeny. Thank you, Teeny. <laughs> oh, my God. You want to do this again tomorrow, Jack? You get a chance to read later yeah. today, last part. Here you go. Hit it. 253. Samson had a wife, Delilah, who cut his uh-huh. hair off and he lost his strength. David committed adultery with Bath- Bathsheba. Ab- Abishad. After- Ab- oh. <laughs> Abishad. After, lo- after lusting for her. Okay. From- <laughs> On the rooftop, rooftop. yeah. Abishag the Shunammite was the slave girl. Uses the bed warmer for David at his extreme old age. Abishag was also the nickname of the prostitute I used to use in Kent. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. All right. Come on now, people. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Didn't write no more. Didn't write no more. Huh? She left the game. Another chance to do it right next hour. Jack, stick around. John Curley, Sherry Ellicott Show coming up.